This is exactly right. Adulting is hard, but it doesn't have to be impossible. If you want to hear more about ways you can actually live your best life, check out How to Be a Better Human. Each week, comedian Chris Duffy sits down with an expert to talk about the realistic and often unexpected ways you can improve your life. This season on How to Be a Better Human, learn how thinking about death can actually make your life happier, why it's never too late to make a change, and more. Find How to Be a Better Human wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God, hello. Did you miss us? I know I did. Jordan and I hope that you guys had a beautiful summer break. This is Adulting, and I'm Michelle Buteau. And I'm Jordan Carlos, and we are back to help you through all things adulting. And guess what, everybody? We are a weekly show now, okay? So you can get us in your ears every single week. Just stuff us in your little holes. Huge news. You'll never get sick of us. (laughs) Jordan, I just realized two days after pouring rain that my basement got flooded. Two days after you realize your basement After. You don't be going down there. Look at that. No, I don't go to the basement. I be watching them movies. I don't <laughs> fuck with the basement. I even still run up really fast. Like someone's chasing yeah. my feet. Yes. <laughs> my husband's like, we should turn the attic into like a sitting room. I'm like, where's the killer going to live? You know? Because <laughs> I'm sure somebody's living in the attic and I don't give a shit as long as they pick up after themselves. But like... Hold on. So, wait, what was flooded? How deep? Where was it at? What's the problem? Do you need a French pump? These are all follow-up questions that I should go to Angie's List and figure out, honey. Angie's List. Come on. I got big titties and freckles. You think I know about flooding? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. My goodness. First of all, hello, everybody. Welcome to Adulting. I mean, you know what it is at this point. I'm Michelle Butel. That's Jordan Carlos. Look, this is not a humble brag. I worked really hard. I'm a homeowner. It is a full-time job. All the carpets were wet and everything was soaked. And I'm like, oh boy, there was a big flood. And now I have to get rid of it because I don't fuck around with mold. Yeah. Or anything wet. Yeah. That's like the silent killer. You don't want that. It's not cute. Don't do that. It's not cute. And you know who's cute? (laughs) Me! Sorry. Very cute. Why are you saying it like that? Because I've got, I'm trying to eat a salad and talk to you at the same time. And it's like, yeah, you're trying to eat a salad and like have me do all the talking, which is yeah. fine by me. This is just like hanging out with anybody else. There's lots else. of people out here that love salad AMSR. Oh, God. I'm about to put some ranch on this. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that's all the internet is right now. I feel like my kids growing up watching the internet, they're just going to think that cooking. Is just whispering and cutting onions and putting them in a plate. And then what I do is get my Chipotle. Are there any more steps other than that? Yeah. If you're reading a recipe, (laughs) your hands are dirty. You're like, wait, what does it say? A half a what? Oh, shit. Do we have vanilla? Mm. Like, yeah, you're cussing half the time. Yeah, teaspoon versus tablespoon. Yeah. Baking soda versus baking powder. Woo! Baking soda. (laughs) Too much. Let's get back on track. Can I just say, you're you're the one taking us off track. Because what I was trying to say is... Yes. (sighs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Truly. Why? Because we have to take care of our homes and our cars more than we take care of our bodies at this point. It feels like it requires more work. It feels like there's always something we got to do. Mm. The only thing you want to do is just sit down and enjoy your home. And then here come a flood. Al Roker, why didn't you tell me, Al Roker? It's a good problem to have. But yes, there's always something happening with the house. Always something. Yes. We have a flood zone. 
in our house. And what happens is this one little spot, like a drain, mm-hmm. gets clogged with like leaves and things like that. Mm. And then that can raise up, especially in a flash flood, and then come into our home. And that's not cool. So I have to go out in the middle of a storm and like take the trap off. Oh and then God. it just like sucks all the water inside, down. And I'm like, ah! What <laughs> in the all-black reboot of Tornado is going on? <laughs> I mean, it is giving hateful eight. It is giving... <laughs> <laughs> But basement apartments in New York City is real. People are like, oh, I can fuck with this. It's a nice basement apartment. And then your shit so is So many like, things happen. Yeah, your shit's fucked. Because yes. a lot of this stuff in New York is uneven. And so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so that yes. water is going to find its way. Ooh, baby. It's it's a whole lot. But we both have 100-year-old houses, right? You got a 100-year-old house. I got a 100-year-old house. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody got a 100-year-old house. (laughs) (laughs) It's held up by hopes, dreams, and AARP. Yes. I have leaks, too. It's... (gasps) Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love having the roof over my head, but the upkeep is real. The upkeep is so real. Maybe I need to go retire, go to Boca, someplace like that. Uh, Please don't, (laughs) because the podcast would not be happening if you were... No shade to Boca, but also shade... Um, yeah, it's interesting because these houses are beautiful because they're essentially like landmarks. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. But it's like, what are you going to do? Get something new? Because I don't even feel like the shit's being built well. The infrastructure no. in America, let me just knock it on some Puerto Rican Rachel Maddow bullshit right now. But <laughs> we just need to have better standards is all. We just need mm-hmm. better standards. You remember that building that collapsed in Florida? Bridges collapsed and shit. Come on now. Don't do that to us. <laughs> <laughs> my do that to us. A parking garage collapsed here in New York City and killed a guy. Oh my parking God. garage, bam. You know how much you got to pay to park? Oh you know my how much you got to pay to park in New York? We had to pay for that? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. One of the first time I took my minivan. Yes, motherfuckers, I got a minivan. You heard that right. Sure she does, but it's kitted out. There's lights in the bottom. <laughs> rims be spinning the first time I took my minivan into a parking structure in New York City I was driving out it was giving John Wick I was just like I was just pa, 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 pa. it almost <laughs> the driving guys were what chasing me I was, it, it, it looked like I was purposely driving the side of my minivan into the walls into the brick walls it was like ka, 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 ka. <laughs> no I didn't know how to get out of it I was like do I stop it was like fight or flight. So I just kept going and fucking it up even more. And these guys were running oh, behind me. No. Miss, no miss. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> it was given gone in 60 seconds, but it took like a minute 30. It was fast and furious, but slow and painful. <laughs> With no Listen, driving a minivan in those narrow parking lots. When I got home, yes. Heist is like, what happened? What happened? And I was like, fried green tomatoes, okay? You had to get it bumped out. What does that mean? Why are you saying things like I'm your bro that goes to Jiffy Lube with you with the coupon for fun? What do you even mean? Bumping out means you took the dents off the side. Bumping out means something different to me, bitch. (laughs) You buff out or bump out a dent. In the side of your car. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that? There was a lot of that. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Listen, it's like trying to get like a overgrown watermelon, right? Like that's what driving a caravan. It's like, it's just like, you can't, you can't round those corners down there. You can't. Mm-mm. You know, it was giving like, oh my God, it was giving dumb and dumber. Like, <laughs> you know that big ass vehicle they have that looks like a dog? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's what driving a minivan in New York City is like. Yeah. And... Here's some minivan shame. 
Some parking lots don't even take minivans. What? They don't take them. And the ones that do charge you extra. I said it's the same spot. What's the extra for? Save your life, though. You know. Save your life. That's what I'm saying. Wow. I didn't know there was that much drama surrounding a minivan. I just thought there was, like, screens in the consoles and everybody was happy. Turns out. Turns out. Not the case. Not the motherfucking case. How fast can you get in that thing? How fast can I get in it or get up? What do you mean? How fast does it go? Does it go? Oh, you really? Stop. (laughs) Why are you talking to me like I'm Danica Patrick? How fast does it go? (laughs) What 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 is it? Off the line. (laughs) It goes fast enough to go to daycare and get me home for my meetings, okay? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what the giddy up is, okay? But anyway, you know what? Just shout out to everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're driving the car that isn't your dream car, guess what? <laughs> the dream is just to have a vehicle. So you are doing mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. And if you can't come out the parking lot without hitting your car, I'm 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 fine with I'm a look, I'm applauding you guys. You tried your best and I'm here for that. That's all. The end. Yes, yes. Okay, but what was driving like in the 70s and 80s in New York? Yeah, those big ass boats just just like swerving this way and I can't imagine. I cannot even imagine. I can't imagine either. But you know what? I can't imagine a beautiful conversation with our guest for this episode. It's so exciting, bitch. You know I'm gonna give you a segue. Ow. <laughs> you guys, we have um we have a very special guest. Um, he's near and dear to us. He has been with yes. the show since the beginning, 2017. Um, he is our DJ, Don Will, and he is here with us today to sit down and rap about it. I can't wait to talk to him. This is gonna be very exciting. Hold on to your air horns, bitches. It's Don Will. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's Don Will. They said it would never happen. They said it would never happen, but we defied the odds. (laughs) I'm so excited. So excited. Because, like, you know, you answer questions that the audience asks, and that's cool, but now we can actually sit down and rap with you and figure out what's going on in your life. And I feel like every time we have, like, a little kiki, I'm like, we got to talk about that on the show. (laughs) So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Congratulations on winning a Webby Award. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm in therapy right now, so I'm learning how to accept Compliments, so I appreciate it from both of you guys. Oh, that was one of my New Year's resolutions. Just say thank you when someone's like said something nice. Yeah, I, I backslide a little bit. Like every now and then, I'll get when I'm like really familiar and comfortable with people, I'll get into that. Like, but well, you, it's not that big of a. And then I'm like, my homegirl the other night was like, no, it's a fucking big deal, man. Yeah, just accept the thanks and the compliments. I'm like, okay, I'm gracious. I love it. What was the Webby Award for? Um, I won the Webby Award for best general music podcast. Wow. Damn. Yeah. So it was um, the other contestants in the category, other nominees rather, were John Legend's Amazon podcast. And an ironic twist, me and John Legend both won, but I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, there was another one called She Rose Mixtape, which was another Sonos-based show. It's a really great program that, like, honestly, if I wouldn't have won, I would have wanted them to win. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Look at mm. you. Look, Look at you. so gracious. Come on. They call him Don. Well, you know, in putting my show together, like, I looked at a couple of shows as kind of, like, reference points and, like, things to model it after. And that was absolutely one of the ones that, I like, I looked at and I kind of studied in a way. Yeah. So I got to give them their credit. You know what I'm saying? So the way that the award's set up, you have the Webby Award, and then you have the People's Choice Award. The People's Choice gets the most votes, and the Webby Award is selected by the judges. John Legend got the most votes because he's fucking John Legend. You know what I'm saying? Of course. But I got selected by the judges. That's what's up. Yes! Listen, John Legend might have won the popular vote, but you got the Electoral College. Ah! 
That's right. <laughs> when I found out you won, I um I texted Don. I was like, you know, we're just like built to be like winning doesn't matter because we're gonna do what we do. And like mm. when you do something you love, you have to definitely sit and accept a certain um not a certain amount, but a good dollop of rejection, right? Yeah. Like more rejection in the entertainment industry than you, I think, anywhere else. Because anywhere else, if you keep applying, like I feel like you eventually get it. You know what I mean? Like it's very cut and dry, mm, right? But yeah. like this is like you could still be better than the next person, but they just have like a certain in with someone else, right? So it's like crazy the amount of rejection you just have to sit in, right? Mm -hmm. And when you finally win something, you're like, oh, is that what it feels like? <laughs> kind of feels good. I want to win more stuff. <laughs> I woke up to it. I looked at my phone first thing, and I just put the phone down like that. I didn't see that. And I went back to sleep. Wow. Straight up. But then I woke up again and looked at my email, and I read it, and I just didn't understand the words, like, that you won. Yes. I just didn't, it didn't register. Hmm. I've been having this conversation a lot lately, but, like, the thing about failure as an artist is that a lot of times, success is just continuing to do the thing despite failure. So you might keep failing, but that's literally success because you haven't stopped. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's kind of been my engine for a lot of years is that, not to be cliche, but that thing about you, I don't know how many times, like if you fall seven times, you get up eight or whatever. Like it's literally just that. On the flip to invert it even further, sometimes success is the failure because that can be like the moment where you're just like, what do I do now? So you got to kind of figure things out in a different way. There's that yeah. thing where it's just like, how the fuck am I going to top myself? When my special came out, your first hour as a comedian, you're just like, I guess it's over. <laughs> no more material. <laughs> like, I fucking did it. You know what I mean? I'm low-key impressed by slash annoyed with comedians who, like, produce a new hour every year. And I'm like, you haven't oh. been through enough shit to fucking talk about it for an hour. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Like, how, it, how, it, how coming up with the hour and then burning through it, like, you're just kind of like, you sit. After a while, it's just like, what do I do now? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Well, those people that come up with a new hour every year have what's known as writers. <laughs> and that's how they do it, man. You know? Yeah. And you can tell. And you can tell. Yeah. Also, one thing I didn't realize about Don, which I really appreciate, is that he does not mind leaving a party early. Mm. Listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you've been yeah. to my parties, and I feel like you leave at a decent time. Yeah. There's like two or three waves of leaving. There's the first wave. Yeah. Interesting. Which are usually like the early people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Them friends that come, like they're the first ones that come and then the last ones to leave, you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. The people that come first and are last to leave are generally people who have a set of keys to your house. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that set of friends. Mm. Oh my God. Who are single. Yeah. Other than that, if they come first and leave last, it's just like, so what's going on home, at home that you're running from? Like what's really happening? Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> In general, I'm a very punctual person. It's true. That's why we fuck with you. These comedy <laughs> shows not starting on time. From what it says on the ticket, to me, it's like five, ten minutes after the time starts. Everyone get your seats, order your drinks, let's go. Mm -hmm. There's nothing yeah. better than being on time and then just hanging out afterwards. Yum. I would say it's as much based on anxiety as mm. it is professionalism. You know, when you fresh out of college interviewing for jobs, they always tell you to be there 15 minutes early. If I had a job interview on Tuesday, I would drive to the place on Monday to figure out the route. Like, I was literally that person. Wow. I've always been that person. So now that it's like, you know, my own schedule showing up for like adulting or showing up to city winery or something, 
in general, that anxiety has never left and that level of professionalism has never left. It's just yes. all baked in. So now it's like, instead of like cutting it close to get there with just 15 minutes, I might come an hour early and then go to a coffee shop. Yes. If I am running a little behind, I'm like right there. Mm-hmm. I had an acting teacher once tell me, if you show up early, you show up on time. If you show up on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fucked. And (laughs) there's nothing better for me than showing up on time. And I get like anxiety as well. But like, do y'all remember showing up to work hungover? Yes. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) There used to be these um, really great... I don't think they make them anymore, but for a moment, because when people used to smoke in bars, right, they had these awesome little things that you could throw in your dryer. You put your clothes in the dryer, it was like a dryer sheet, and they would just take the smell of smoke off of your clothes. Oh, shit. It was a modern fix for modern times. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, (laughs) of course, hungover, yes. And all the things that you needed, right? You needed oil, right? You needed needed to get it greasy. You needed something greasy to eat to sop up that shit. Yes. You know? And then you, of course, need water. You need a Gatorade, Pedialyte. People are always like, Pedialyte knocks that shit right out. Yes, of course. Yeah. Hungover is some of my best work. <laughs> One of my jobs was always, I was a substitute teacher. I was like, I was just like teaching in the school oh system. Oh my God. In New York City. No, this was in Cincinnati, in Ohio. And I taught okay, in Maryland too. In Merlin? Yeah, in, in Merlin. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, most times when you come in hungover with a teacher, mm-hmm. you're the substitute too. You just... Wheel the TV in and like we're watching Jurassic Park. And that's it. <laughs> Yo, how oh my is God. that even? <laughs> like I wouldn't do it a lot because the thing is teachers leave lesson plans and you have to like if you don't get through the lesson plans for them, it messes them up. So you kind of have to right. adhere to that. But I remember one time I had a class of like, I want to say it was second graders. Mm-hmm. Sure. They don't have the ability to just busy themselves. You kind of got to guide them and steer them yes. more. I was so hungover. I was so hungover. I tried the TV mm-hmm. trick. Oh. It didn't work because the kids just kept coming up to the desk. And I was, I remember looking at one little kid. I was like, <laughs> I was kind of sitting at the desk. And I was thinking like, please don't vomit on this child. Please don't vomit on this child. <laughs> oh my God. No. It was that that mid-20s. We were out drinking Jaeger bombs until four oh. in the morning. I didn't go to sleep kind of hangover. I never could do a Jaeger bomb. I was like, am I an old German man hunting in the middle of winter? (laughs) Why am I? It's so medicinal. I'm just like, are we trying to get rid of the virus? It just tastes like a potion. Here's the question about shots. Are there any delicious shots? Are there any good shots? Yeah, like tasty. You know what? A lemon drop ain't bad. Lemon drop ain't bad. It definitely is giving type 2 diabetes. It's Mm -hmm. very sweet. (laughs) Sex on the beach, right? People people seem to like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I never do them. LOL. I'm more like a mezcal or tequila guy. And then, mm. it, then you got to make the face. It's fun to make the face. What's the face? <sighs> like that hurts you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that face after a sex on the beach. I can't do shots anymore. It's not cute. Have you been to like a senior frogs in Cancun, Mexico? The minute you walk through the door, somebody's just like putting a tube of like vodka jello down your throat. You're like... Nobody asked for it, but thank you. <laughs> I feel like getting drunk as a 40-year-old adult, it, like as an adult in your 40s, is a different thing. Like, I'll have yeah. two glasses of rosé. Shout out to Michelle. Ayo, <laughs> I was not a rosé person before that house party, but I'll have two glasses of wine or rosé or mm-hmm. just a beer. And literally the next day, I won't be wrecked, but I'll be noticeably sluggish. Oh, no. We're so old. Yeah. You know what that means, guys? What? Got to move on to other stuff. Like, I was in Canada. Mm-hmm. I did shrooms. Oh, my God. I felt like a little gnome. I was going crazy on shrooms. And you know what? 
There's no hangover. <laughs> it felt great. Yeah. I saw some old relatives and everything like that. It was fantastic. You know? You saw them in person or the <laughs> shrooms that came to you as hallucinations from the shroom? <laughs> as, you know, as like, you know, yes, as hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all good. You know, it was all good. I was like in nature. It was great. You feel the oneness of everything. And you know what? When it's done, it's done. And it's not yeah. like there's no hangover, which I really like. Yeah. I don't like a residual hangover. I don't like that at all. Like, go away. Yeah. Work yourself well, out ugh. of my system. You know what I was thinking? Um, I think why we work as a trio is because we're pretty much on the same page, right? Like, if we have a problem mm-hmm. or an issue, we could talk about it. And move on from it, which is very nice. Yeah. And also, like, I don't think I've seen y'all sloppy at all. Yes. We also usually do the same drugs. Um, so that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's important. Yeah, I know. Michelle really wants to see me sloppy. She I don't. I, th- I thought I did. I thought I did. Now I don't. Because seeing someone sloppy <laughs> in your 40s now, and your 50s, yes. just hits different. Way different. Mm-hmm. It just hits in, like, a sad way where I'm just like, is Tyler Perry going to write a movie about this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like my hug can't save you type shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like even in your late 30s, early 40s, it's just like, uh-oh, I, I'm so busy working my job. I forgot to have lunch and, and, and I'm getting tipsy. But like when people are just like slumped over like, huh, huh, yeah. like mean and shit and don't remember where they live and shit. It's like, oh my God. I'm trying to remember the last time I was even sloppy in general and it had to be... Like a decade ago. Oh, like it, it definitely wasn't any time in recent memory. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that too much for me to drink, I'm always hyper aware of my surroundings and myself. Yeah. Somebody was talking about doing MDMA or some shit and mm-hmm. like how it opens you up and frees you and makes you feel a little bit loose. I'm scared of that because I think I'll get sloppy and too loose. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, I don't wow. want to do any drugs that'll make me lose control. You won't. You know why? Because my manager <laughs> came to Amsterdam like years ago. Years ago. She's very reserved. And um, I'm like, we're doing this. And we did it. And you know me. I'm, everything's heightened. So I'm just like, I love you. I love you. You're going to make it. We're going to be great. Right? <laughs> just loving on everybody. And she literally turns to me and she goes, you look pretty today. I was like, okay. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> yeah. It's just the elevation for certain people. Just it's Right. So I've been microdosing shrooms for a couple months now. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't do them every day. I do them like every three days. Yum. Jordan knows. Jordan knows the wave. <laughs> and honestly, like every time I do it, China, my partner, she'll like, I don't tell her when I'm doing it. I'll just like do it. And then I'll just be like, hey, you know, sometimes I like look around the apartment and the plants are just like radiant. She's just like, he's on mushrooms. <laughs> and then we get into like these wonderful conversations about life and love and work and stuff. It's the best. And then the next day I wake up and I'm just like, oh, I need my coffee. I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know now that like I've tried everything. I've tried coffee and jitters and anxiety. And that's not a great way to get through life. So, like, microdosing, I'm all for. Especially, you take that Eddie when you need to put the kids to bed. Eddie before Betty. Yeah, <laughs> keep you ready. Eddie before Betty, steady. That is so helpful because my son will be like, can I read another book, please? <laughs> I'm like, sure. What's Dr. Seuss got for us now? Oh, I mean, my God. I turn into, like... A negotiator, and not like a cute one, like a Sam Jackson negotiator, where I'm like, <laughs> didn't I already say? Like, it's like, I am not myself when my kids have had a Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> Your kids are so well-behaved, though. They're so great. Oh, they were thank over you. at my office, Don. 
I know it sounds crazy, but they were... <laughs> <laughs> they had a pitch. It was a high pitch. <laughs> They're on official kid business with like yeah. little kitty briefcases. Yes. <laughs> Otis had a folio. Otis would have a folio. Otis, that makes sense. <laughs> 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS. Yeah, the 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS pitch was pretty good until I realized I'd be giving them a car. So, <laughs> but no, they were so cute running around. I mean, they're like really mild-mannered, like hats off to you, Michelle. And I think you're doing it right. I think Thank you're doing you. it right. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying. It'll change. They get older. Things happen. But <laughs> while I'm still here, we got manners. In this economy? With them curls, <laughs> we gonna be polite. We gonna say please and thank you and give turns and wait our turn. Truly. Your daughter's older, right? Yeah, she's 13. What did she think of you getting the Webby? She is very internal. Okay. She won't outwardly be like, oh my God, Dad, I'm so proud. She'll like make a weird joke. Oh. Like she'll be like, I can't wait to come up to New York and hang out with you <laughs> and steal your Webby from you or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's never, she's not like an outwardly emotional person, which mm-hmm. I just want to sometimes I'm like, I just want to hug and be your dad. I love you so much. And she's just kind of like, Dad, no. Oh. No, but no, Dad. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's like that at four. I want to give her like, a lot of hugs, and she's like, ah, we'll see. From what I can what I can gauge, she's like a very sensitive person. So, like, for her, any sort of crack in that armor is, like, a big, open, emotional thing. Hmm. I think that, especially as they get older, and as the world kind of starts to corrode it, whatever that thing is you try to instill at them, all you can do is, like, set them up for success in that way where you, like, hmm. arm them with what you just said. Like, you know, we're going to say please, we're going to be patient, wait our turn, we're going to not, not, like, you know what I'm saying... Not be offensive unless somebody puts you in that position. But yeah. All that, yeah. She's absolutely just dealing with the world in ways that we can't save them from. They have to, like, have their interactions mm-hmm. and come home with it and then just kind of figure out how to parse it. But yes. the thing that's dope is that we still talk. She communicates with me about, like, school and about her friends and about things that she may or may not like. And I think that that's the gym. Like, if she might not share with me what her favorite musical act is, or she might be like, I don't want to show you my drawings anymore, Dad, but she will absolutely tell me if something's going bad at school. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I feel like it's the bigger deal. Well, she's got her own private life, but she lets you in for her personal life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's so great. I give her space to have her own private life as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm definitely... I mean, I'm, I'm going to creep my head in and see if, like, what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for the most part, like... I remember, I always think about myself at 13, and myself as like a, a preteen or a teen. Ooh, what was and, what was that like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, who are you? I was... Poplar? A little poplar. A little pop. <laughs> well, 13, 13, no. No. Middle school Donald was awkward. I had just came from an all-white Catholic school. Oh, no. <laughs> and been put into an all-black public school. Wow. Oh, so there was this level of culture shock and trying to figure out how to relate to... Yes. How to relate to black people and myself. Yeah. And the way that I found to do it was through fashion and music. Mm. Mostly music, but fashion was like, you know, in the black community, you got some cool shoes. They're like, yes. oh, I see you. I see you out there. What, what are those, Jordans? So, like, that's why shoes are such a big deal to me because they were like, yes. they were the first way I could communicate. And then, say, you guys are like, oh, man, I like your shoes. I'm like, have you heard the new Tribe Called Quest album? Right. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, we're friends now. <laughs> right. So, it was, was kind of like finding ways to communicate with people non-verbally because I, w- I wasn't shy. 
I was just guarded, you know. Wow. I found that people, when I would show them my collection of spores and moles, oh, God. Um, they didn't <laughs> have oh, God. the same response. Okay. Um, your bio tells me that you went then in college from U Cincinnati, great school, great program, all the way to North Carolina A&T, great school, great program. Hey, hey. They can't Yay, see this. They he's can't holding see up it. a jersey. Hey, I Aggies, love baby. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> What was that like? Because I know you, Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a white school. Yeah. And then you went to an HBCU. That was culture shock in a different way. Okay. At that point, I was very much immersed in like culture and I was around my people. It was feeling good. It was lovely. But it was also like this. Yeah. Like I would come in the walls of school and it's, it's black and it's majority black high school and like, you know, we're chilling. Yeah. And I would go outside and it's just white, whiteness, white, white, white. Mm-hmm. Then I went to North Carolina A&T and it was literally... Like, I remember after a week or two there being like, I haven't seen a white person. Mm. How are they? Yeah. <laughs> like, how are, how are the whites doing? It was wild. You guys, I don't even understand. So it was, it was, <laughs> I would say it was one of the most formative experiences of my life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hands yeah. down. One, one of the things right. that, you know, I, I'm one of those people that like, I'm like, uh, college is an expense, is an expense. Sometimes you need it. Sometimes you don't. If my daughter doesn't want to go to college, it's a conversation. I'm not tripping. You know what I'm saying? I'm right there with you because college was not for me. I didn't even realize that I was dyslexic or, you know, that I had like an attention deficit. Like There were so many things that could have been done differently, but thank God for the arts because I really do feel like it saved me. But again, I was too shy to even take an acting class in college. So I was just like, you know, kind of like this late bloomer, but my body had already bloomed. So I'm just like, what? What is this? What am I supposed to do? It's absolutely not for everybody and the people that it's not for who end up there anyway. Yeah. Like there were so many people in our generation that were promised jobs and and all these things upon having a degree and you leave college and you're like (sighs) trying to get a job at a watch kiosk in the mall or some shit. With a bachelor's degree. No shame. Oh, TikToks? Yo, <laughs> no shame if you want. That's a good spot. Orvis? Yo, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this, though. So, like, I just was wondering at what point music came in. I mean, you're a prolific musician. I even Aww. heard your music on a, on a podcast called Slow Burn about Biggie and Tupac. And I was like, yo, Don is everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank so, you. So, I just need to know that inflection point. What was that for you? That was college. That was one of the reasons why college was one of the most formative experiences of my life. is because yeah. it was where I found other people who were as into the things that I was into. Mm-hmm. And we were, we, it was that, that Petri dish. We were all confined to this space and we were like, we didn't have anything but each other. So we just started making music and hanging out. And that was 100% where I'd kind of made that decision to go into the arts and go into music. Oh, I love that. Wow. So spores and molds. Spores and molds. And Petri dish. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Bring it back. This is very exciting because usually when Don's at the show, he is a DJ. He's doing air horns. He's also jumping in doing questions. But now we have you all to ourselves, and we can ask you questions that the audience has sent in for us. So here we go. Uh-oh, hot seat. Time to turn up. I'm single in my late 40s, and I'm ready for my first threesome. <laughs> that took a turn. But <laughs> it always do. But how <laughs> do you have any tips? Oh, my gosh. First threesome. I have some tips, but... No, go on. I mean... Okay. I've... Never, so this will be interesting. I would say I've had a couple failed threesomes. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) But (laughs) I would say the first rule of having a threesome from a person that's had a failed threesome is be sober. If there is drugs and alcohol involved, 
like one or two drinks. Nothing sloppy. You don't want to be sloppy. Oh, yeah. And the other one is obviously, you know, consent. I didn't think that needed to be said, but yeah. absolutely should be yeah. said. I'm sorry. The question was how to find the threesome? No, it was like, I'm ready for it. But how, like, I, guess, I guess it is like how. Oh, there's there's an app for it. Feel. Get on feel. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm just like, don't prepare. Just be out there and like be open. But I think for a threesome, you should definitely prepare. Absolutely. I don't think it should be anyone that you know. I know that sounds good, but don't get involved with anyone you know. Mm-hmm. I think when you do meet the person, the people. Yeah. <laughs> when you do meet the people, like definitely talk about what you like and don't like. Like definitely a safety word and shit, right? I also think like be prepared to like like one person more. Oh, they're going to get more ice cream. Oh, God, Jordan. Jesus. There's a delegation (laughs) of work that happens. Oh, he's such a creepy dad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine somebody saying that in the middle of a threesome? "Mm, I'm going to give you more ice cream. Ugh, no. (laughs) Now you've ruined group sex and ice cream. Cup or cone? Sprinkles. Ultimately, whoever wrote this question, I just want to let you know, good for you for exploring your sexuality in your 40s. I think, like, I don't know. I'm assuming that you've been having sex for a while, but it's sort of like going to college in your 40s compared to your 20s. Like you're just like more mature. You can handle things better and you can have more fun. So definitely make it about you. If you're co-producing this threesome, you be the Beyonce at this Coachella. Okay, bitch? (laughs) Co-producing the threesome is a wild sentence. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question. I have gained a lot of weight with age and can't find the time to exercise. Do you have any hacks or tips for a working mom who's ready for a healthier lifestyle? Mm. I would say cut sugar. Oof. Yeah. Like everywhere? In as many places as you can, cut it or monitor it very closely. When you take sugar out of your diet everywhere, yeah. the pounds start to melt. You know what I'm saying? Sugar right. and portion control are the two things, at least in my opinion. Oh, Don, shit. we have lost the audience. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can switch to certain things, right? Like the darker chocolate. Yeah. That seems to be really good, right? Yeah, the deep cacao. Mm-hmm. Cacao. Cacao. It's hard to find the time, but like for me, I do like a little Zoom, like a little half hour Zoom workout. And then like I'll do like one in-person workout where I, like I wear my new exercise outfit. Do you know what I mean? I always say buying like a new thing to go do a thing that you dread. Put some pep in your step. True. That's very true. It just gets harder the older you get. Yeah. If you could like fold in and like make an activity that you already do a little bit more athletic. Yes. If you have to drop your kids off somewhere, just take an extra lap around the building before you get back in your yes. car and go. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, the YMCA has killer Zumba classes. You can put on your neon shorts, get a little wedgie with everybody, get sweaty. <laughs> Come on. And get some sleep. Yes. They say like, Actually, eight hours of sleep is really important to losing weight because the body holds on to our fat cells longer because our body is like, we're like, hey, man, we think we're stressed if we stay up late. So the body holds on to fat longer. So like, oh, you need this because you're in danger. Ugh. So if you go to bed, they get rid of them. You know what? I am convinced that's why I gained so much weight performing at colleges because mm. I always had the first flight out. So I like never slept. You can't sleep with a 5 a.m. flight. Yeah, you can't. It's more like 5 a.m. fright. Okay, next question. Oh my God. My best friend finally moved into her own apartment post breakup, but she lost all her plants in the move. So, as a housewarming um, gift, I want to help her out, but I have zero plant skills knowledge. Do you have any suggestions on what houseplants to get her? I have tons of suggestions, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, you go. So, it depends on how well lit, how much light the apartment gets, how much light the space gets. But a good all around plant is a pothos. 
You've seen pothos everywhere. They're the plants that are just kind of like the standard leafy vine plant. Mm -hmm. um, pothos mm -hmm. is good. Snake plant is good. Snakes are the ones that grow up like Oh, they're big. called mother-in-law tongues, too. Yeah, mother-in-law tongues. Ah. Triggering! <laughs> That's hilarious. Those are good for low light, and they also grow mm -hmm. kind of slow, and they're kind of durable. Um, and it's one more— um, Succulents are good. Yeah, succulents are good. Succulents are hard for people, though, believe it or not, because people overwater them because they don't need a lot of water, and they need fast-draining soil. Whatever you do, don't give your friend an orchid, because that's just fucked up. That's like giving me, like, a jigsaw puzzle. How fucking dare you? What's funny is as I'm answering these questions, there's a, a very dead plant right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Take this man's advice. Now, I've always thought of myself as an emotional succulent. I don't eat much. Just oh, a spritz and a spray. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we start a band called The Emotional Succulents, Jordan? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Look, I'm going to open for you, and I'm going to be called uh, Emotional Osteoporosis. It's going to tell everybody all my feelings about everything all the time. Um, this is the next question. Is it okay to smoke weed at the park if there's a kid's party set up nearby? I mean... <laughs> How old's the kid? If you're in Brooklyn, it's like you don't have a choice, but... It's a lot of smells in the city. You know what I'm saying? A lot of smells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that exercise. It's like, close your eyes. What smells do you hear? Just, or smell. Five smells. <laughs> if it's Big Butt Buddha, it is what it is. But yeah. I feel like it's a public park. If you can smoke, you can smoke. I mean, you're not smoking cigarettes, you know? Yeah, and another thing, too, is that you could probably walk a couple feet further away to just oh. get downwind. Yeah, just, just be, you know. Just be mindful. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. a smoker. Be mindful. Don't make these yeah. kids think there's an actual skunk in the park. And what about, <laughs> <laughs> what about a vape, right? Something like that. Vapes are just kind of creepy to me at this point. I'm just like, boy, if you don't just get a joint. I know. Because it looks like you're trying to get in touch with the Matrix. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, this is our last question, and it's a good question. I've had this urge to cheat on my partner. Oh, boy. I would never do it. Never in all caps, bitch. But no matter how much I tell myself it would hurt us both, the urge still lingers. Damn. How do I make it go away? Do I need to make it go away? I'm very confused. Please help. <laughs> bitch, this is confusing. Um, I think, I think, Don, you, sh you should answer if you want to. <laughs> I was like, you go first. <laughs> I'll say this, and this, this might be a dark turn, but I don't, it would Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. There are so many people that are like, I have the urge to kill myself, but I'm not going to do it. But I think about it all the time. Mm. Yeah. The urge yeah. doesn't really go anywhere. It's just like when you're meditating and if you get into meditation, they teach you that thoughts aren't permanent. They pass mm. through. Like you, They can linger, they can visit, but they pass through. So the urge to cheat is as natural as the urge to watch porn or the urge to like compliment. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if you have a partner and you can tell the partner, I mean, I was a really, that chick was really hot or like, or your partner can tell you like that person's really hot. That's a healthy relationship. When you have to take those urges and hide them, that's when it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. The urge to cheat probably won't leave you. Just don't act on the urge to cheat unless you're ready to take all the things that comes with cheating on a partner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I think also, I think this is like a big couples therapy thing. Like mm -hmm. you should have a couples therapist and then also do a one-on-one -on -one with your couples therapist mm -hmm. and tell them because you have to tell somebody and work it out because... Maybe you want to talk to your partner in front of your therapist and maybe both of you guys want to cheat. and Maybe you should just figure out an open relationship, perhaps. How do you know it's just you? Then you should find the person that wants to have a threesome. Oh, okay. Look, listen, I see listen. what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> but no, like you blew my mind a little bit when you said talk to your couple's therapist about cheating in front of your partner. I've never thought about that's what happens in couple's therapy. Yeah. You know what? Um, I feel from this question that this person is, it sounds like they they feel ignored. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe that their partner doesn't see them. So if you do something unforgivable that they have to see, then they'll have to deal with you. So again, I agree. Therapy is the way, but it's like, what's behind that? You know, mm-hmm. why do you want to cheat? Because you are lacking in communication here, right? Yeah. And the fear of being rejected is like all the more why you why are you hitting the pause button on this? The fear of being rejected from your partner or the person that you want to cheat on with? Rejected from your partner by telling them how you feel. You fear that rejection from them, you know? And it's like, if I told them, oh my God, all these things would change. But but Jordan, that is something that you can't come back from. That's yeah. That's why I'm like... Oh, if, if you told them that sometimes you have feelings that you want to be with other people? Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. I don't know about that because you haven't acted on them. It's kind of natural to want to be with other people. I mean, so much is thrown in your face and you're told that this is the only person you're ever going to be with, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. natural in life. People make lists, things like that. But I, I think it's something that you can't come back from depending on whatever this right. relationship is, right? Because when you put that out there, it, it's almost like you're planting this seed of doubt in your partner. Right. Because then if your partner is insecure, let's say, let's say not mm. even like fully insecure, but is now. It's like, are you looking at that person? Are you looking? And then that's like a whole other world mm. of trouble for this person. So like, I do believe this person is reaching out saying I have an urge to cheat because they can't fully communicate yeah. 100% with their partner. That's so sad. This doesn't even sound like a couple that can say that's an attractive person. Yeah. You know, look at that girl's butt. Look at that man's whatever. Look at that person's whatever. Like, I don't even hear that in this. Or maybe, yes. Or maybe they do have a really comfortable relationship and this person is just ready to take it to the next level because Mm. it is quite impossible that we're supposed to be with the same person for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, marriage really was working out at the turn of the century when people didn't wash their hands and they died when they were 22 or they went to war or some (laughs) shit and they they lived to 30 and shit. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Marriage is fucking crazy. We got all these vitamins and shit. We could live forever, <laughs> ever, ever. We got all these vitamins, Suzanne Summers and shit. You just be out here. They about to turn us all to AI. We're going to live forever in a minute. I'm you know? telling you. <laughs> I just think that using terms like cheat and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. it feels as though the person is like punishing themselves and so guilt-ridden that yes, a therapist, some interference and a third party is so needed. Anyway, that's just my two yeah. cents. I like that. Don, this has been just fucking fantastic. It has. You know, we ask every one of our guests, what is the most adult thing that you want to do for yourself this year that you haven't had time to do? And you know, it could be anything. You know, it could be anything. He's listening to all the answers. So this is going to be. Could be hang gliding. (laughs) I've thought long and hard about this question all day because I knew I was going to get asked this question. Ah! Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 Come to play. <laughs> and I think I think the thing that I want to do the most is remodel a kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. That is literally the most adult thing because it's it's the room that I spend the most time in, hands down. And if it just had a few minor tweaks, it would make so much more sense for not only me, but the renters who come behind me because yes. I won't live here forever. Yes. But that's the adult decision I want to make for myself. I get it. Just be in the moment and do it. That's what I say. Be in the moment and do it because it's going to make you feel happy. And then the next kitchen, you're like, oh, I did this. Now I'm going to do this in this other kitchen. And the money will come. Just trust it will. Because you are fun. You are friendly. You are smart. 
you are punctual, you are talented, mm-hmm. I mean, the money will come, period. Yes. That's all. Thank I you. I mean, thank you. it's a Father's Day because I gave you your flowers. <laughs> Don, we love you, man. Thank you for having me. I love you guys, too. This is one of my favorite things to do. Oh, dude. Uh, Don. Oh, no. Don is family. I know. No, but really, like, I really mean it. I want the best. Yeah, I really, really mean it. I want the best for him and his family. He's so talented. What can't he do? A real Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. He wants to update the mm. kitchen. He knows how to make a plant grow. He can communicate without saying anything through music. He's raising a beautiful young girl. His girlfriend is dope. Mm-hmm. Also very talented. China Moses, you better follow her on Instagram and get your life. Man. <laughs> and you know what's really fun is that um, we're on the same adulting journey mm-hmm. where it feels like we're hitting our stride in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like we're drinking the same thing. That's right. You know what I mean? Like We need the same tea in the morning. No, it was very fun. He just DJed one of my shows the other night and we all went out afterwards and we all had the same amount to drink, sang the same songs, knew the same words, and this from different places all over the United States and some other countries. And it's just nice to like find your people. See, Michelle, I thought I was special because I got Don to hang out after a show. So uh, you've got him to hang out after a show because usually Don's like, I'm out. And then he just like throws down gas balls and he's just like disappears in a cloud of vapor. See, this is what it's like being (laughs) friends with a middle child, everybody. Instead of Jordan saying, Don loves us so much, he hangs out with us. He's like, you got him to do it? I thought it was my thing that he did. And it's always a competition with him. Yes. And not with me. I'm only in competition. Because my parents my- had another kid and I wasn't the baby anymore. Okay. So yes, that's that's my everybody has to feel Oh my this. God. For our next episode, everybody. Thank you for joining. Take care of yourself and your friends that have siblings that didn't feel seen. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Jiha Lee. Our associate producer is Alex Chi. This episode was mixed by John Bradley. Our guest booker is Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from Hannah Kyle Crichton. Theme song and live show DJing is by Don Will. Our live show producer is Marianne Ways. Artwork by Jamie Bechtel. Photography by Reis Vandermost. Executive produced by Karen Kilgara, Georgia Hardstark, and Danielle Kramer. Follow the show on Instagram at adultingthepod. Email your questions to adultingquestions at gmail.com. Follow Adulting with Michelle Buteau and Jordan Carlos on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show and visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase adulting merch.